Welcome to The Scoop, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi everyone, welcome to The Scoop, I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren, you're Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone of TA News. Yes we are. So anyway, I'm going to start today. Go on, go on then. Well, we're going to talk about AI and chat GPT, <laughs> Craig's favourite topic everybody. It is. So the headline uh, from technomancers.ai, EU AI Act to Target US Open Source Software. Ooh, come I told on. Tell you me this more. was coming. Yeah, we'll Anyway, see. in a bold stroke, the EU's amended AI Act would ban American companies such as OpenAI, Amazon, Google and IBM from providing API access to generative AI models. The amended act voted out of committee on Thursday would sanction American open source developers and software distributors such as GitHub if unlicensed generative models become available in Europe. While the act includes open source expectations for traditional machine learning models expressly forbids safe harbour provisions for open source generative systems. Do you know what I take out of that? Fucking nothing because you don't understand words. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you said in there that I'm um, unlicensed. This is a fucking revenue grab. You watch. They're going to approve everything as long as they pay the coin. You, you'll see. <laughs> Revenue, grab me up. Okay. So it goes on to say any model made available in the EU without first passing extensive and expensive, <laughs> I like that one, licensing would subject companies to massive fines of greater than 20 million euro or 4% of worldwide revenue. <laughs> Stop giggling, Craig. <laughs> Open source devs and hosting services such as GitHub as importers would be liable for making unlicensed models available. I reckon the ambassador for Liechtenstein's gone in on his soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Um, well, interesting. I, I mean, to watch watch this space, and it's, it's, and it's changing weekly, so it's exciting because oh, we get to I talk know. about it weekly. I know. I like it. I like I look, it. I like it too, and I've been playing around with it a lot more. But I'm still wary around this licensing, and I suppose what does the licensing include? What sort mm. of extensive passing to get this license? Because in true EU form, they like to standardise things. So. Who knows? It'll, it'll be um, very, very interesting. Well, I, I still think there's issues out there with the whole IP ownership when, and when there's a race, copyright. There's always issues because that's what it is at the moment, right? It's a race. You know, there's it's evolving so quickly, um, and they do need to put checks and balances in place. Um, and well, we'll see do. how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Hey, I've got one from Shortlist this week. An employee's defamation claim against two former managers who allegedly gave bad references to her prospective employer has been struck out because of incurable deficiencies in her allegations. This is really interesting and I've got to be really careful because this lady seems to – um, be a bit of a serial sewer, so I need to be very careful about what <laughs> I, I say. I am not related to him at all whatsoever. <laughs> so just what happened is um, this person disclosed to her employer, which was Centre Care Catholic Services, that she's pregnant, and her mat leave was approved. About a month later, she applied for an internal role but was unsuccessful due to them saying they needed someone to hit the ground running. 
Um, so she took the company to the Human Rights Commission. She'd left Centre Care and then applied for a role with Good Start Early Learning and asked two former managers for references. She was unsuccessful and the feedback to her was that they received poor references. She's, a, she's amended her discrimination complaint to include a victimisation element and added a breach of the Defamation Act. So oh she's going, going hard. So she's just gone for a Google search on anything she can fucking do or she's seriously watching The Good Wife way too much. <laughs> So, look, it's even though um, the uh, the initial claim's been struck out, there is the matter still listed for further direction. So, it's a watch this but space. References, they can be good or bad. That's the whole freaking point of them. And They're if you're not clever, this- you can pick someone who's going to say something nice about oh you. Oh, my God, exactly. <laughs> Jeez, some people are dumb as fuck. So, so wait a bit. Well, this, do you think, though, if this gets out into the public forum, um, people will say, no, I can't be a reference because I'm scared that what I might say you may sue me down the line. It opens a bit of a can of worms for people who just do references, doesn't it? Well, I suppose it does and it doesn't, but hence why ugh, most references usually I, I you give your references and you, you collate them and you go, yeah, okay, yeah, this isn't good. It's, it's, it's you can box, see a pattern. It's, it's box ticking usually. I mean, you can pick it out. Once you've been around for a while as a recruiter, you can pick – you can sort of pick apart a reference. But, you can. Um, yeah, you can. But That's I don't true. think they hold as much weight as they used to. There's other ways. No, like I've got one client. Background. We stopped doing references mm. during COVID because um, the referee hired – one of the referees hired the guy when he realised he was on the market for his company. Yeah, yeah. So after that point in a candidate short market, we stopped doing references. Interesting. Yeah. What else have you got? All right. Well, Microsoft is freezing salary hikes for full-time staff this year, according to HRD. Full-time employees of Microsoft will not be getting a salary increase this year, according to reports, as a tech giant braces itself for the impact of current economic conditions. Mm. The announcement was sent out to staff by Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella via email. Now, this I was thinking about, okay, mm-hmm. begs the question – are the C-suite at Microsoft going to get their bonuses? I'm sure they will because they're, they're the ones who approve them. So I reckon they'll still get it. Yeah. It's very interesting. I've been keeping an eye on layoffs.io lately yeah. and I think we've reached the peak and we're probably on the way down. So by freezing salaries, does that is that going to maybe impact them when the market gets a bit hotter again? Are people going to go, well, well – I'm going to jump straight into my next one. I'm going to undercut yeah, anyone here because this it. one connects to this story, actually. So the next thing I was reading, um, which was in the Fin Review, um, almost half uh, hiring plans are strong, but pay expectations eases the salary survey finds. Mm. So almost half of employers in Australia have plans to hire more staff in the next few months and are expecting to deliver pay rises of just 3.3%, suggesting little risk of a tight labour market driving real wage inflation, which is true because they were estimating a 3.7% rise months ago. So uh, this survey was at 614 senior business decision makers at the H- Australian HR Institute revealed that the employers have strong employment intentions for the June quarter, despite Great. projections of lower economic growth and falling job vacancies since last year. Interesting. So, look, 3.3%, that's a pretty good rise, even though we're sitting at a 7% inflation, <laughs> inflation rate. Oh, well. um, but 3.3 on a normal year is a bloody it is, good it? jump. But if you, I honestly think if you up the wages on at 7%, you're going to get a lot more redundancies. Yeah. 
People can't afford it. And it's not just the wages because you've got to remember that ups the superannuation payments, your payroll tax Mm. payments, all of those other things that employers have. So there's a lot more on cost. It also ups your work cover. So if you didn't know out there, your work cover, especially in Victoria, is done by what your salary cost is. Yeah. It's a balancing act, isn't it? Because you see unions everywhere calling for real wage increase. Um but if you're looking at small, medium businesses, the impacts on them, that would just, they'll go out of, out of work. That, out of if you'll see more, the small to mediums, that will kill them, 7.7. Yeah. It'll absolutely kill them. Hey, Lauren, do you think you're closer to Gen Z or am I closer to Gen Z? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm an XZ and you're an Xer, aren't you? I don't know, but hey. Gen Z expects mental wellness support from their employers. This is from SHRM, a US report. 61% of Gen Zers indicate they would consider oh, leaving their current role if offered one with significantly better mental health benefits. And 54% would turn down a job offer if an employer did not offer work-life balance um, and workplaces have seen an uptick in uni students talking about their mental health. There's a willingness, they're saying probably let out of COVID, that more people are willing to talk about and be open about their mental health, um, and they expect that in the workplace. So the report does go on to give eight ways to improve mental health, and um, if anybody wants that report, can I just um, reach out to well, the scoop and we can get that for I you. I don't think that... Um Mental health is the taboo subject it used to be. No, it's not. Because you've got to remember, and I always said this, if your body can get sick, your brain can get sick. So mental health is important. Well, just, just as a – I mean, this is completely as an aside. Last night I was at uh, – I, I coach in an elite uh, AFL um, program. Of course you do. And, um, th- and for the first half of the session we had a mental health expert in and working with the team on on – on that side of it, and it's um something that's become. When I was talking with the older coaches, and it's something that none of us ever had access to when we were younger, but it's very much well, embedded now. We were the Gen Xers that were told to shut, suck it up, and just yeah, get on with it, life, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, because we were brought up by the boomers, and because mm. um, I know you're definite an Xer, and I'm an X. <laughs> I'm on that borderline of XY, so I've got a bit of both there. But um, I'm She's definitely got an extra chromosome. An yeah, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it, it was. it's tough. Like we weren't given the old hugs, everyone wins no. shit. No, no. <laughs> Medal for everyone. We learned how to lose. Ribbon for everyone. It up. Yeah. yeah. What else you got? Okay. Well, this is from our cousins and brothers and sisters across the ditch. Uh, over in New Zealand, this, this was a really interesting headline. <laughs> Working homeless. CEOs mm. turn landlord to solve housing crisis. And this was in HRD. Now, in the face of an acute housing crisis, which we're getting here in Australia as well. Uh, business leaders in Queenstown are taking the drastic step of becoming landlords, buying and renting properties to offer to their staff should they find themselves in the highly likely scenario of being unable to secure their own house. The housing situation is so dire in some cities that it's given a rise to the term working homeless. Mm. For example, in Queenstown, it was found that hundreds of the town's workers had all but given up trying to find accommodation and flooded the town's campsites to live in tents, an option diminishing as the ski resort town heads into winter. So so are employers buying up houses to house their employees? employees. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? They're only renting to locals. I think this... This comes on to another big argument. Like, yeah, we're going to have the same problem here in Australia. Mm. We've got extremely aggressive immigration targets to help solve our skills shortages in a lot of areas. And those 
Not enough new house builds. No, no. and we're watching building companies go under. Mm. It's Mm. um, interesting times. Very, very interesting times. Very interesting times. Hey, are workers starting to turn the corner on a return to the office? So we've been hearing for a while now that employers are trying to get people back into the Mm. office. But in an article for BBC Worklife, they suggest that many workers now are actually starting to believe they might be better off themselves back at the office. They're rediscovering unexpected perks of being back in the office from catching up with colleagues face-to-face, finding themselves able to draw clearer boundaries between work and home, which is very interesting. I so needed. And while many are willing to tell their bosses they're glad to be back, some have taken the decision to keep these feelings quiet because they want to play both sides. So it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm a fan of the hybrid. I like the hybrid. Mm. So do I. But that point about keeping a a delineation or between – uh, home and work is very interesting for people with families because I've found during school holidays it's very difficult to work from home. Very, very difficult. Yeah, I could imagine it would be with mm. kids. Um, but I also found, I know in the in the lockdown years, that uh, getting away from your work was really difficult. Yeah. And yeah. I, as you know, you and I did a lot of work together and we're each other's support. And I was working, what, six, seven days a week. Mm. I was that person talking to candidates on a Sunday because yeah. I had nothing else to do and I knew they were in lockdown. They and that's right. And you don't, you don't have that, I'm in the office. And yeah. I'm, now I'm at home. You're mm. at home was work. So yeah. anyway, it's very interesting. Well, I've got one more to go out of HRD and it's coming out of China. Yeah. So LinkedIn is the parent company of a China-based local job application called InCorea. And LinkedIn have made the um, decision to phase it out by August 9th. So they're shutting down in China. It's a very close shop, isn't it? The way they work with everything. China's a funny market. And, you know, most people don't call LinkedIn social media, but still there's so much governance Mm. um, internally in China around how any of these... Well, I think it's a funny market and, yeah, there's a lot of niche areas. If you can nail something over there, you can definitely make a lot of money. But there's a lot of hoops to go through and you've got to remember they can just pull the rug out from under you at any point in time and take your company and you've got no legal leg to stand on. A lot of the big ones have already. I mean, like Facebook is banned, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the social media is banned over there. They have their own homegrown stuff. Yeah. So, TikTok's there, but it's a Chinese company. That's true. That's um, true. Events. Shall we Ooh, do events? We are on to events. Me go first? You can go first. <laughs> Me go first? <laughs> oh, you're a good boy. <laughs> um, ATC. So two for ATC. You've got the TA Brew at Bodriggy. Bodriggy. <laughs> I can't even it's read. It's a brewery. Bodriggy Brew Pub on the 20th of July. This interactive meetup is all about peer-to-peer conversation and brainstorming ideas. It's a bloody great event, everyone. And it's free. So yes. get on the website there I to look at I was that. at that event last year and it was such a blast. It was, was it? so, so good. And I'm making Craig come with me this year. So it's it's a great place. It's a great venue and it was just a really good day. Uh, excellent. And also from the ATC, the annual ATC conference in Sydney at Luna Park, 20. 2nd to 23rd of November, super early bird tickets are on sale Woo! now on the ATC We've website. We've got our tickets already, babe. So get around it. We're what in that. Got? We've got our tickets. We're going to Sydney. Anyway, I'm going to jump on the meetups. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sydney, 25th of May. Uh, they've got their meetup. So get onto the meetup site and their LinkedIn page, grab tickets, because this one, there is always a waiting list yeah, in is. the Sydney meetup. It's freaking huge. A wait list longer than Pamela's hair. <laughs> 
absolutely true. Uh, and the next one is the Brisbane meetup is the 8th of July. We've got a sponsor. We've got a panel. We've got people ready to go. We just don't have a venue. Thank the God girls the- have told me that they're looking for a venue. We've had a few people reach out, which has been great. So thanks to Mike over at uh, Attract AI and a few other people. Um, but we can't find one that's got some AV equipment, some microphones, and enough to fit 50 to 60 people. So if anyone out there's got any ideas, reach out to Katie LePage or to Tracy Quinn or even Craig and I, and we can put you in touch or help you out. Um, so the Brizzy meetup, we're trying to find them. Katie's out hitting the pavement today doing <laughs> Knock, events. Knocking on doors. Places uh, to see what she can find out there. So we're all set to go. We just need to find somewhere. And lo and behold, it could just be a pub. It <laughs> could well be. Well, I know that's just about us for this week on the scoop. It is. So, if anyone out there's got any news or a hot scoop for us, mm, give us a buzz, and um, we're always happy to take some listener calls. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to throw it out there: stay classy, Strathgordon in Tassie. Bye from me and me. <laughs> <laughs>